Welcome to the Man in the Middle podcast. Do you feel politically homeless, lost in the chaos of modern politics, not sure who to believe? Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Democrats call him a Republican. Republicans call him a socialist. He is Stephen Reynolds, the man in the middle. Folks, well, thanks uh, for joining us again for the Man in the Middle podcast. Joining me today is candidate for state senate, District 14, Mr. Chase Clemens. Chase, welcome to the Man in the Middle podcast. Yeah, thanks for the invite, Stephen. Absolutely. So I got that right, Chase. It is uh, Senate 14, right? Senate 14. So if you're in Rutherford County, it's going to be the eastern half of the county. Okay. Right. And uh, that includes Rutherford County and several other counties as well. Uh, what are yeah, the counties? So yeah. If you're listening to listen to this in Bedford, Lincoln, Marshall, Moore, or Eastern Rutherford County, yeah, you're going to see my name on the ballot come August, and then again in November. That's right. And so the seat that you're running for is currently held by Shane Reeves of Murfreesboro. Is that correct? Right. He won that one in the special election uh, about two, three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. The special election back in 2017, I think it was. So, well, Mm -hmm. Chase, uh, uh, welcome to the show. I wanted to introduce you to the listeners of the Man in the Middle podcast and especially the people of Rutherford County. And, but, but tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you grew up, where you went to school, about your family, all of that. What do you do for a living? Let the folks know about Chase Clemens. Yeah, so I'm a uh, fifth generation Tennessee and grew up right here in Lincoln County, which is to the south of Rutherford County, all the way down to the state line between Tennessee and Alabama. I uh, live on a family farm down there, like I mentioned, fifth generation here. If you see me online or at, I was going to say at events, but we uh, have not been out and about as much during this pandemic as we had before. But if you've seen me, you've probably seen me with my wife, Heather, or my two kids, Elliot and Margo. Uh, so I grew up here, graduated from public schools here. My wife went to MTSU, so uh, I followed right along because we were engaged. And as a 19-year-old, I thought that was the right thing to do. Good move for me. So I went to MTSU, and uh, the end goal there was I was going to be a teacher. I graduated with a degree in, uh, in secondary education to teach, and that was 2009. Everyone remembers in 2010, the that recession just hit, and it took a... I'll just say it was hard to find a job as a teacher then. Mm-hmm. So I got hired on with a, a tech company named Basecamp. That's where I am still a decade later. I love it because every day I get to work with small businesses yep. to help figure out how they're going to grow their business. Yeah. Um, so I got hired on there and then I immediately bo- moved back from Murfreesboro down here to uh, to Lincoln County because this is this is home, right? This is the, the community that has given me and my family so much, so incredibly much over the years. And it's time for me to, to give back and to, to put my roots down here and, and to really just do what I can to, to make the community better. I appreciate that, uh, Chase. I really do. And the fact that you uh, are a business guy, the fact that you're a tech guy, I think that that really makes you unique and especially the seat that you're seeking. And um, Chase, I want, so I saw your interview, uh, a couple of your interviews so far. So I want to do something a little bit different with you. I want to ask you, uh, if you're elected in November and you only can, you can only deliver one thing for the people of your district and for the people of Tennessee, what would that be? 
Man, that's that's probably the easiest question we're going to get in this whole this whole chat. Uh, it's simple. It's something called expand Medicaid. Yeah. The number one thing keeping us up at night, keeping our community up at night, is if I get sick and I can't afford care, what do I do? Now we're in the middle of a pandemic. Before this, before this pandemic hit, we were sitting at three hundred thousand Tennesseans that didn't have health insurance of any kind. As you know, and a lot of our listeners know. Health insurance is usually tied to your business, to whoever you work for. Mm -hmm. The last number I saw uh, yesterday was we are now over a half million Tennesseans without health insurance in the middle of a pandemic. Right. The answer to this is so simple. We have this thing called expanding Medicaid. It's lots of other states have done it. Blue states, red states, Arkansas just did it mm -hmm. because when you when you expand Medicaid, it brings in three point eight million dollars a day into our state. That's $1.4 billion a year. And here's the kicker, Stephen. This is already money we've paid in. Yeah. This is already our federal tax dollars that are going up to Washington, up to the IRS, and then getting distributed out to other states. And look, I'm glad. I'm glad that some of my tax dollars can go help states like Arkansas and the others. But we need them right here at home right now. Because again, a half million or more Tennesseans without health insurance during a pandemic. Look, I, when you talk to people out in the community, that's the number one thing that keeps them up at night, especially in rural communities. Because if I look, I live on a farm. If I have an accident on a, on a tractor when I'm out cutting hay or something like that, our hospital locally is only about 15, 20 minutes away. If that hospital goes under, like over a dozen other rural hospitals have done, then it's a 45 minute to an hour drive in the back of an ambulance to the next nearest hospital. And that's, I mean, like this is the, so there's 231 that goes from Lincoln uh, County to Rutherford County. It is a winding two lane road up across the, the, the cliff and everything else. It is not something that I want to do in the back of an ambulance while that ambulance is my emergency room for an hour. I just, I don't want me to be in that situation. My family, my friends, my neighbors, nobody should be. So yeah, easiest vote. And this is something that uh, was just struck down yesterday. So June 3rd uh -huh. in uh, our state Senate, there's eight Republicans sitting on that Senate health committee. Shane Reeves is one of them. Eight Republicans that are holding up health insurance and $3.8 million a day from coming into the state. It's just, it's wild to me, but that's, that's the one thing I do. That, that I think I, I kind of figured that's what you were going to say, Chase, because that would help <laughs> the most people. That would have the widest brush of helping the most people across the state. That would be the biggest difference. And, you know, there's been some spin out there from, from the Republican side that that um, uh, somehow that, that this is going to cost Tennesseans money. Chase, can you explain how much taxes would go up if we uh, – how much state taxes would go up if we accepted the Medicare expansion or the Medicaid expansion? That's a big old zero, right. big old zero right there, because we are already paying for it, yes. already paying for it. Yes. And we think about how important health insurance is. So for me, uh, my, my parents were small business owners. Dad worked for himself uh, way back in 2004 when I graduated, right before I graduated high school. I found out I had cancer. Oh my As gosh. a small business owner, yeah. my dad didn't have health insurance for something like that. Right. And so you're sitting there with a, a kid who has all these medical bills now that you're trying to figure out how to pay. He was he was the rock of our family. He never let it show just the, the weight of something like that that came through. But as a dad myself now, I, I can only imagine what it would have been like for, for that. Um, 
I, you know, right now I've got good health insurance because Basecamp, the company I work for, provides it. But there are, again, upwards of a half million Tennesseans that don't have it because they lost their job. That's so right. So it's something, it's just, again, a simple vote. It's, it's just a yes or no vote. That's all it is. No tax dollars, no tax increase, no nothing else. It's just one vote that brings in $3.8 million a day. That, and Chase, uh, former Governor Bill Haslam tried to mm-hmm. get this through. So there are Republicans who agree with you. Is that is that right? Yeah, we had a Republican uh, over in the, the House this session, well, right before they, they uh, recessed for the session. He, uh, similar story. It was his sister got sick, didn't have health insurance, went to the hospital too late and lost her life. And it, like it would any of us, it made such a huge impact on that Republican legislator that he came back and said, guys, look, we've got it. Like this is, Again, this is a no-brainer. We need to expand Medicaid and bring this money in. And you know, in that case, since it was the House, our uh, our House Speaker Sexton decided to to kick it over to Summer Committee, which is the graveyard of legislation. Um, yeah, we you know the Senate Democrats tried to revive it yesterday. Uh, that did not work at all. Again, eight Republicans blocked it. But you're right. This is not this is not a partisan issue. And the big one of the biggest things here an overwhelming majority of Tennesseans believe this is a right thing. Last polling I saw, it was upwards of 60, 65% that agree we should be doing this. Yes. So it's, it's, they can spend it all they want, but the Republicans know this is a bipartisan thing that's got to happen, especially with the budget crunch we're looking at. Yes, and especially with the pandemic going on, with the economic issues that are going on. I couldn't agree more with you. And there are good moral Republicans who understand that this is a good issue that will help all Tennesseans. However, and I'm going to segue here on you a little bit, Chase. I'm, I'm going to go to another issue. In 2016, when I ran for Congress, I was in a public uh, debate town hall meeting with multiple candidates, not in this district, in another district that's part of this congressional area, the 4th Congressional District. And I heard a sitting state senator uh, explain the reason why she was against the Medicaid expansion. And this senator said, quote, we all know that that money will all go to those people in Memphis, unquote. Chase, will you confront racism openly if you're elected to the Tennessee State Senate and you hear that in the chambers? Will you confront racism? Yeah, absolutely. We've seen in the last week, week and a half now with the death that not death, the murder of of George Floyd and all the protests that have come out because of that. This is not a time that any of us get to sit idly by. This is not a time that we get to be uh, that we get to have the privilege of being quiet here because our this this moment demands more of us. Absolutely. It demands that we use the privilege that we've been given. Look, I'm a middle class white male straight guy with a wife, two kids, a dog, and I don't have a picket fence, but I've got a fence out there. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of privilege that comes with that. And so it's our moral responsibility and just, just being a good neighbor and looking out for your community to stand up and say, look, that, that crap doesn't fly. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. I, you know, we couldn't believe it. I'll be honest with you. I was a candidate, so I was in shock. I couldn't believe what I had just heard. Of course, the entire audience was white. 
it was a rural audience. I mean, I don't think there was a person of color in the room. Uh, but one of my friends was so upset that they had to ask him to leave because he, he got very upset at that comment. And it was, I mean, you could literally hear people gasp in the room. Of course, this incumbent went on to win re-election. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't even know if the press was there. I don't know if anybody would have made a big deal about it. But, you know, to me, that type of overt racism, talking about the people of Memphis are going to suck up all the Medicaid money, and that's why this senator was against it. I, I just, Chase, I want to vote for someone who will stand up when someone says that, who will stand up and say yeah. that's, that's wrong. So let's move yeah. on, Chase. We, we know these issues are impacting our country right now to, to the point that you just said. Let's move on to the economy. You touched on that a little bit. The state of Tennessee, due to the, the, the global pandemic that we're under right now uh, and some of the conditions, uh, the economy is struggling. Uh, all of the metrics and indicators, though, Chase, prior to what we call the shutdown now, uh, we were headed to a bust anyway, if you look at all of the, all of the uh, metrics and measurements of what was going on with the economy. Chase, how are we going to overcome, how are we going to take care of our citizens uh, and, and maintain our budgets, pay our teachers, all of the things that state government does, um, how are we going to do that? How are we going to revive the economy? I know these are big, broad questions, but, but give us just a general idea of your principles and how you would handle the current economic situation. Uh, so my grandmother, she's a small business owner here in, in Lincoln County. She runs a, a accounting firm, has for forever. That was my first intern job out of high school was okay. with her. She always said, if you want to know somebody's values, look at their budget. Oh, yeah. Because if you tell me that you're trying to eat healthy and then I look at your budget and you've got $400 a month budgeted for McDonald's, it's not lining up quite well. And that's what we're seeing right now in Nashville with the what I've been calling the so-called representatives that we have up there. Mm -hmm. The budget came out today. Again, we're recording June 4th on this one. So Governor Lee put out his budget today. We got a first good look at it. Right. It is a budget full of making sure that the wealthy and well-connected are set up mm -hmm. and that all of the rest of us, I would say we're getting crumbs, but in some cases, not even that. Mm -hmm. um, our, our educators were promised 4% pay raises this year. Not going to happen. My sister is a, a fifth grade reading educator. She's not going to get help for anything, um, any additional funding or resources or anything like that for her classroom this year. The shocking thing on that is when you adjust for inflation, teachers today are making less money than they were a decade ago. That's where we're at. So when you hear Republicans and our so-called representatives say that we're, we're, we're putting money towards schools and education and all that, they're not. They're just not. Mm -hmm. You look at the budget today, you're also going to see. Um, so this one was a little fuzzy because the governor was supposed to get about a $5,000 raise and it was going to be some other state uh, employees as well. It was written into the law because it's uh, set to adjust with inflation. Uh, two questions there. First, why is the governor's salary set to adjust for inflation, but our teachers aren't? You know, our school bus drivers aren't. Our other state employees aren't like that. Great again, point. show me it shows me your value. Yeah, right. Great point. And and second, in that budget, he's got about a hundred and fifteen million dollars that he wants to take out in bonds. That's going to go over to Amazon and Volkswagen. Oh, All right. Okay. Okay. Hey, great that those companies are coming here. Mm -hmm. I don't want to take out one hundred and fifteen million dollars in debt to give them cash 
bailouts essentially for those first year alone you're looking at 18 million dollars in debt payment on it right mm -hmm. that's 18 million dollars that's not going to schools or our educators it's not going to our infrastructure it's not going to healthcare. it's not going to hospitals it's not doing anything else but paying that debt service on that mm -hmm. we're going to see lots of other stuff as we keep uh, keep flipping through this budget like i i yeah. sat down when it came out today but those are the things that stuck out to me it, it is it's governor lee and the republican supermajorities right now are looking out for their wealthy and well-connected friends and all the rest of us are table scraps maybe that would be a kind way to put it right well i think i think you're making a great point there and i would say that that you'll, you're you're going to find a lot of folks on the other side that agree with you about these corporate giveaways uh, when we look at the city of nashville right now and the financial trouble they're in uh, they raised property taxes 32 percent yesterday well what that what everyone was promising if we give the amazons of the world these giant corporate tax breaks they're going to create all of these jobs and all of this commerce, and we won't have to raise property taxes. Well, guess what, Chase? That model hasn't worked. No, it hasn't. So so we've got to stop giving away the farm. I, I want companies to come here because they love Tennessee, because they love our people, because our people are educated and have the infrastructure to get the products to market and because they want to be here, not because we write them the biggest check. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is one of those where instead of writing checks to corporations like that, who, let's be honest, they can handle themselves just fine yes. without those bailouts. We saw it happen in other states where Amazon wasn't given a, a handout and they still went and built a, a facility there, right? Of course. So they don't need it. Right. Who really needs it right now are, again, I, I keep coming back to, you know, our hospitals need it, mm -hmm. our educators and our schools need it, mm -hmm. our rural communities need it. Yes. I mean, doesn't matter if you're in, in Murfreesboro or Shelbyville or, or here in Fayetteville, these communities need money right now. And I'd yeah. much rather be sitting here going, you know what? I want to give $115 million to the, the cities and the counties mm -hmm. versus giving it to two companies. Absolutely. I think you make a very good point. Now, Chase, you, you, you just touched on something that's a big passion of mine, and that's bringing advanced manufacturing and tech into the rural areas. I, I know that we have a lot of agriculture, but we can bring these great high-paying jobs into Fayetteville, into Lincoln County, not 30 miles from, from your home. You have Facebook, Blue Origin, uh, BASF, uh, you know, the Redstone Arsenal, all of these extremely good-paying jobs with great benefits. And I bet you there's a lot of folks in Lincoln County that drive to Huntsville for work. Is, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. There's almost like a line about halfway uh, halfway up the county. It's If you live about there in the southern half of the county, you're probably commuting down into Huntsville. Right. Uh, and, and really not, I mean, and you think about all the money that goes with that, right? Oh, yeah. The gas that you buy, the groceries that you buy, all the sales tax and everything else, that's going elsewhere. Whereas if we can bring those into our rural communities who are set up for this stuff, yes, we're going to have a huge, huge impact on that. Um, yes. For a long time, the, the mentality and the model in, in rural Tennessee has been, if we can just land that one big 
big company that's going to bring in 3,000 jobs, then we're going to be set. And Lincoln County did that, just like Bedford and Marshall and the rest of them. Mm -hmm. And we also watched as those companies left. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, your county unemployment numbers are skyrocketing and people are trying to figure out where to go for the next job. Right. Right. But if you can bring in these companies um, and, and position them as, you know, almost like a um, ancillary services. Yeah. So like one of the things that we do here in Lincoln County is we have a solar farm that supplies power for the Facebook uh, facility uh -huh. just across the state line. Yeah. That brings money here, brings jobs here. Right. Mm -hmm. One of the other things I'm really passionate about, because my job is exactly how it should work. If we have rural internet, if we have high speed, affordable internet throughout rural Tennessee, then you're going to find people like me who can stay in their hometown and have high paying jobs. And when I say high paying, it's not high paying for Tennessee. Some of the tech jobs that we've been able to bring into uh, our area are paying San Francisco salaries and Chicago salaries yeah. and big city salary money that stays money. right there. Yeah, life-changing money, right? Now, it, 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 absolutely. So you touched on the digital infrastructure, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Blue Origin uh, is not going to, or, or, or uh, SpaceX, is not going to come to Fayetteville unless they have a high-speed hookup, is what you're saying. Yeah. Also... The other part of that, it's kind of important to have clean water, right, Chase? Yeah, yeah. So, so touch on infrastructure a little bit. Touch on the roads and where you stand on infrastructure as far as physical infrastructure goes. Yeah, it's one of those things that just gets overlooked unless you're driving the same commute every day and you've got that one pothole that you know you need to get into the other lane for. Otherwise, it's going to like take out the underside of your car. People just don't think about it. And mm -hmm. infrastructure is it's by just its nature is very big and very messy and very expensive. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have people in place that can plan out long-term and then fund those things, right. you're going to find yourself in a world of hurt. So again, like, because I have spent my life here in Lincoln County, a lot of the experiences I have around it is built on this. Um, here in Lincoln County in Park City, we knew we wanted to bring more business to this part of the county. Right. Big four lane road right there that goes north up into Bedford and Rutherford County and south right into Alabama and then goes east and west to, to the major interstates right around us, right? It is a perfect location for bringing in really any kind of business that needs that kind of infrastructure with it. The only thing it didn't have was sewer. Mm -hmm. And so what happened in this area was you couldn't bring in that business because you can't hook a business up, a big business, um, up on septic tanks. Right. You just can't. They won't come. And so we, yeah. they won't. It's it's a checkbox, yeah. right? When they get to that on the checkbox, if they can't mark it off as, as available, they're not, you're out at that point. That's right. So we spent a lot of money and a lot of time to put in a sewer system out there in Park City. And you know what happened? Now we have an industrial park that's sitting out there. We've got a couple of different companies that are coming in out there. That's going to bring in 100, 200, 300 jobs. Not the massive ones where if one leaves, you're really, really hurting. But these one, two, 300 person jobs, mm -hmm. uh, companies, where it's making a difference. Yeah. And the only reason we were able to do that was because five, 10 years ago, we said, this is something this area needs to make us attractive, and we're going to do it. It doesn't happen overnight. That, that's right. It takes long-term planning, and and you're right. You you mentioned about the, the 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 roads and the bridges, and there are the DOT has 30-year plans out there. The question is, how are we going to pay for it? 
So in 2016, Governor Bill Haslam um, uh, proposed and passed the Improve Act, which was otherwise known as the gas tax. And our two, uh, at the time, Jim Tracy, the seat that you're running for, Jim Tracy voted in favor of the gas tax. Every single House member in Rutherford County voted against it. But But if it hadn't have been for Jim Tracy and Bill Ketron, the truth is they both voted for it, and that's what passed, and that's the reason why we have this funding. Would you support or did you support the gas tax in 2016? I think we've got the funding taken care of in Tennessee right now. If everyone starts driving again, if if we continue to uh, be 30 to 40 percent off on our travel, we're going to have to rethink how we fund inf- uh, how, how we're going to fund infrastructure, which long term chase is going to be even more important as electric vehicles and cars become more fuel efficient. Um, anyway, are you open to other ways to fund the infrastructure in the future? Yeah, we've got to get away from this idea that taxes are bad. Right. That's something that Republicans have hit us over the head with for far, far too long. Yes. The very simple thing at the end of the day is taxes are what we pay in to have the community and the state that we want. Mm -hmm. So if you want a state where everything is privatized, where when you call for the police, a private private police company says, hey, do you have a subscription with us? No? Tough luck. You know, if you want that, then, yeah, you're looking for ways to villainize taxes and move it as far down and as far low as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. The rest of us understand that taxes are what we pay to have the community in the state that we want. Yes. And so when we property tax is a good example, right? Mm -hmm. Property tax is one of those things that a lot of us don't see because it's bundled into the mortgage. That's right. Until you get that notice once a year. That's like, hey, here's the amount that you owe. Right. Right. And everyone goes, whoa, okay. Property taxes for a lot of Tennessee counties make up a good chunk of your school budget. Oh, yeah. So if you want good schools, then you're paying for that in property taxes. Yeah. Same thing with the gas tax or any other tax that you Mm -hmm. want to look at. Those are there because we've said this is important to us. Infrastructure is important to us. Making sure that we're funding it and having it available for the next 30 years is important to us. So we put those in place. It's we just again, we've got to get away from this idea that that taxes are bad because, man, that's just another one that Republicans use to divide us on on something that is oh, at the end of the day, good for the community. Well, uh, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of the social media chatter about Nashville and, and the 30 percent increase yesterday. And people are saying, well, that's just nuts. Why do we have to go up 30 percent? Well, if you want your trash picked up on a weekly basis, if you want the fire department to show up, if your home catches on fire, I mean, People don't, they, we take for granted in a lot of cases what the government does actually do for us. It's part of the social contract. It's why we're a democracy, and it's in order to, to do these things to take care of each other and take care of our community. Chase, I want to ask you about agriculture. You live on a farm. Uh, Tennessee farmers are struggling. They've been struggling for a long time. Um do you see a future in agriculture for the state of Tennessee? And what, what does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be getting back to our roots. Um, so right now we run a lot of, well, we did run a lot of beef cattle until the beef market fell, just it fell from the sky. Um, and short, not a like big lengthy history lesson or anything else, but you can look at the 80s and the 90s where a lot of these big 
corporate ag companies got together and started merging into themselves. And so basically now we have four big ag producers, ag buyers, ag corporations out there. Mm -hmm. So when I go, you know, when my granddad sold uh, hogs and, and, and cattle down at the market, it was an actual auction. You had people competing there and getting the best price that you could there. When I go down there and try the same thing, it's one guy from Tyson who says, take it or leave it. This is the price. Yeah. So you're you dealing know? with a monopoly or a duopoly, basically, is what you're saying. Exactly. And that leaves all of our farmers in this this crunch where they have to gobble up as much land as they can and hope that the efficiency of scale is going to work for them. Wow. Yeah. But the only way they can do that is because all these other farming families are literally going bankrupt yeah. and have to sell off everything they do. So for us, we've got to get back to our roots, right? And what I mean by that is, in some sense, farmers markets, you know, local producers supporting the local economy. Um, I buy what what we don't grow on the farm. I buy from another local uh, beef import producer here in town called Pilar Rock. They're fantastic. Um, much better service than any of the big four uh, ag companies for sure. Um, so we've got to get back to doing stuff like that. We have to be ingenuitive on some of this. We saw it when restaurants closed up during the shutdown. You've got all these farmers that have to now find a new place for their product that's coming out. Families are there. They're waiting for it. So we have to do things like that. Um, we also have to get away from this just big duopoly and triopoly and everything else that's going on and put power back in the hands of our local farmers, mm -hmm. making those markets actual markets again, instead of one guy sitting there going, take it or leave it. Yeah. Um, we've also got to look at some other cash crops. Um, you know, marijuana is one of those things that a lot of people uh, just are, again, the Republicans tend to villainize it, but you look in Kentucky, Kentucky is pushing hard for that because it's a good cash crop for their farmers. Uh, I had family that used to grow tobacco back in the day. And it's, man, it's when you're in that, that field and you're cutting, it's all sticky and everything else. But when you get to the market, there was good money in that. We Absolutely. need something like that now. I, yeah, I couldn't agree more with you on that. And I'm a big advocate for that. I don't know if you know this, but Iron Mike Tyson, the former heavyweight champion of the world, has one of his largest CBD growing operations right here in Rutherford County. And yeah. uh, so, I, you know, Chase, I, I'd reach out to him if I were you and say, hey, I, I want to help you. <laughs> you know, expand even yeah. more in Tennessee, right? Uh, but I agree with you that that's a fantastic opportunity that the state of Tennessee is missing out on now. We're going to need money. I don't think there's any doubt we're going to need money, Chase. I don't think we've even, I don't think we can wrap our mind around the economic devastation that has gone on. Now, we can point fingers for sure, but I don't think we've wrapped our mind around what has happened. Uh, it's it's probably the most consequential of our lifetime, and and I was around in two thousand and seven, and that was very scary. Um, yeah. But but I mean, anyway, we're looking at twenty percent unemployment, twenty five percent unemployment right now. The governor's own team is saying a half billion dollars short in this budget, a billion dollars short of the next budget. Gee, you know what sounds like a billion dollars? It's expanding Medicaid Expand at $1.4 billion dollars a year. Amazing, isn't that amazing? Yes, and not to mention the rainy day fund. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're also uh, so proud of the rainy day fund, which they should be that we've been able to conserve. But if there's ever been a rainy day, it's pouring. It's pouring down rain now.
Yeah, absolutely. Chase, anything else that you would like to add or, or tell the people of Rutherford County uh, or the listeners of the Man in the Middle podcast um, while I've got you here today? And I'd love to have you back before the election, too. And if we can get uh, Senator Reeve to agree to a debate, I would love to host both of you for a Sign debate. Me up. Yeah, Sign absolutely. me up. I'm there in a heartbeat. Awesome. Look, I think at the end of the day, we all know who's fighting for for us we all know who's fighting for farmers and educators and bus drivers and cafeteria workers and and uh, garbage pickup folks and like we know who's fighting for them and who's just up in nashville trying to make sure that their wealthy and well-connected buddies get a, a corporate handout right everything is is everything so our, our good friend Christopher Hale has a, a really good uh, thought with this pandemic. He said that the pandemic makes the invisible visible. Yes. And we are seeing that more and more right now with our so-called representatives. So I would say just for anyone that's in uh, in our district, uh, Bedford, Marshall, Lincoln, Moore, Eastern Rutherford County, that's listening to this. At the end of the day, my story is your story. I've been in your shoes. I've walked your shoes. I've done the jobs that you've had. That means when I get elected and you help me uh, in that and we get to Nashville, that that's the voice that's going to be there. That's the representation that's going to be there. If you want to find out more about me, chasefortn.com. Uh, it's the best place to go. You can see what I think about a lot of things because I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I tend to p- tell people, just look, this is the way it is. This is exactly what I believe. And if that sounds like somebody you want in Nashville representing you and fighting for you, then, hey, you know, vote for me. Chase Clemens, candidate for Tennessee State Senate, District 14. Thanks for joining the man in the middle today, Chase. Thanks for the invite. All right. We'll see you soon.